Welcome to the Hill City Church Podcast. We are a church family located in Springfield, Missouri. You can learn more about us and support our ministries at hillcitysgf.org. Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. And this is the word of the Lord. You guys can grab a seat. Let's pray, and then we'll get going. God, we love you. You have absolutely made it plain to us because you're so gracious, you're so faithful. So may we make it plain to each other this morning. Open our eyes that we might behold awesome things from your word. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So my name's Brad, and it is an honor to serve as the lead pastor of Hill City Church. We are entering a very exciting time uh, in our church. We had a meeting with our covenant members recently, and, and we, we went over our, our mission and our vision. And we're going to spend the next three weeks in that mission and that vision. Now, here is inevitably what's going to happen. Okay, let me pause. These seats are perfectly fine. Like, they work in case any in that general area might ever want to use them. Like, I can see in here today. I'm like, is it normally like this? Okay, sorry. It's all right. They're, they, work, they work fine. Okay. Over the next three weeks, most of you are going to be, like, super fired up. I pray that you're inspired. I pray that you're excited the direction this church is going to go. Okay, but here is an evidence. There will be some of you who aren't so excited about uh, where we're going, okay, and where we believe that God is leading us. And then of that people, of of that small group of people who who aren't very excited, the reality is, some of you might be like, "This just isn't the church for me." And here is here is what my prayer has been for all of us, and specifically for for those who who just might not hear this well. My my prayer is that hearts will be softened. And that those who call Hill City home will jump on board. They will be a part of this. A lot of prayer has gone into this. We believe this is spirit-led direction, and we are excited for the future of this church. And I hope that over the next three weeks, and I mean really, really indefinitely, that, that all of us would pray and ask and, and, and think, okay, Lord, how is it that you would want me to change as I leave this theater today, as I leave next week, as I leave the next week, like to, to just honestly ask yourself that question, how is it that you want me to change? So, so I'm going to jump in. What is it? We are here. We're Hill City Church. What is it that we are supposed to be doing? And when I say we, like Hill City, like this local gathering of believers, what is our mission? Well, I say this often, I actually, uh, the, the staff actually will, will use this in jest and they'll kind of poke at me and they're correct because I say it a lot, but like, listen, I am not an overcomplicated human, okay? Pretty simple guy. 
So I like to make things simple. I, you might say that I like to make things plain. So, so the mission of the church has actually not changed for thousands and thousands of years. That's the thing. So like we can, we can cutesy it up a little bit, but look at me. Like I don't, do I look like anything that's cute? I don't, okay? So it, I just want this to be simple and not overcomplicated and not over-engineered. But God has told us, he's told us in his word what our primary purpose of life is and what we as the church should be doing. In the Bible, you might see this called, what I just read, that there's a great commandment. And then on the backside, and a few chapters later, there, there are what we call, and has been called for many years, the Great Commission. That's it. That's what's written down for us. So what is Hill City going to be about? So here is our mission statement. If you're going to call Hill City Church home, we are going to ask you to be about this. Together. We love God, love others, and make disciples of Jesus Christ. I've just told you the calling of God on your life. That, that's going to unpack itself in different ways, but that, if you are a Christ follower, you have passed from death to life, that is the calling of God upon your life. So we're going to break this down. This week, we're going to talk about together. We're going to talk about we love God and we love others. And then next week, we're going to talk about making disciples of Jesus Christ. So let's just talk about this word together. How quickly, and maybe this is just me, how quickly do we just naturally forget? So what are you talking about? It wasn't that long ago we were not allowed to be together. Have we forgotten this? Just for a moment, look around the room. Just look around the room. I'm asking everybody, turn your heads. I want to see it. Look around the room. Listen, this is a blessing. This is a gift from God that we are able to be in the same room together. I hope we haven't forgotten what it's like to not be able to do this. We should, we should thank God for this. What is this? This is the church. Now listen, we have a lot of new believers here. So if you've been following Jesus for a long time, what I'm going to get ready to say, it might sound a little bit old to you, but listen, we cannot assume that everyone here knows what I'm getting ready to say. The church. The church is not a building. This is a theater. This is not our church. You just looked around the room, do it again. Look around the room. I want to see heads swivel. You are looking at the church. You were looking at the church. The church isn't a building. This word that we get, the word church from, the original use is ecclesia. That's the word that you would see in the New Testament, ecclesia. And actually that word was actually used by nonbelievers for, for just groups that gathered. It's just a word for a large group that gathers. It's called ecclesia. It's, they, they called it a church. But we are part of what's called the, a Christian church or a New Testament church, a Bible-believing church, a Jesus church. It's a gathering of people. That's what this is. Now, you have capital C church. We call this maybe sometimes you may have heard church universal. Quite simply, that's everyone on the planet who is following Jesus. That's the church capital C 
But then we have the lowercase c church. This is a New Testament church is what I just said. This is a group of believers who believe in Jesus and they, they come together regularly. They are committed to one another as a body of Christ, like a family. One of our core values are we want to be a church family. So Hill City Church is a lowercase c church and we gather. So let's just talk about that word gather. We don't use the word service here. You are not taking part in a service right now. This is a gathering of God's church, a lowercase c gathering. So when people around the church are like, well, are you going to first service or second service? We don't do services. You're going to the first gathering or the second gathering. And listen, language matters in culture. That's really important. So it's not, we're not being mean when you say service, we go gathering. That's not us being mean. It's just part of culture. This is not a service. And I'll talk about this in a minute because we are not consumers. This is a gathering of God's people. So let's talk about a building really quickly. You need to understand, like, if you're not, we're, we are building a new building. If you haven't been by it, like, they got windows in it. Like, we're making progress. It's awesome. It's, it, it, it excites me every time. That's a building that is not our church. This is our church. On our building, you won't see the word church. It will say Hill City. On our sign, you will see Hill City. You will not see Hill City Church. You will just see Hill City because the church isn't a building and the church isn't a sign. The church is the group of people that meet in that building. That's very intentional that we don't put the word church on a building because the church is not a building. It's a gathering of people. So we come together to gather communally. So I need to talk about this. We're still on together, by the way. So I got to talk to you about radical individualism versus togetherness. God's plan, God's idea for his church has always been togetherness, communal, community. You can go read in the book of Acts chapter 2. And for time's sake, I don't know that we'll read it, but verse 42 through 47, you can go look at that and you can just talk about, or you can just see the word together. Together they did this. Together they did that. Together, together. And listen, that, that's what the church was. That's what it was always intended to be. And here is the issue with Christianity, specifically in our country. Somehow, someway, we've made the pinnacle of the Christian faith our alone time with God. Did you read your Bible alone this morning? Did you have your quiet time with God? Did you spend time in prayer alone? Okay, now hear me. Super important things to do. So don't, don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying to not do those things. That's a very important part of your life in Christ that you would do those things. But it is just as important that those things are done in community. Just as important. A togetherness of God's people. And listen, I got to say this. There is so much more to being a Christian. There's so much more to following Jesus than just coming to church. 
There's so much more to the Christian life than being, being integrated into a local church. But there certainly isn't less. There isn't less to the Christian life. So I want to talk to the families. Listen to me. Get your family integrated, participating in the local church. Now let me specifically look at the fathers in the room. This is not your wife's responsibility. Fathers need to lead out in this. That a father looks at his family and says, this will be part of our life. The local church matters. It has to matter. And it's much more than just attending. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 25 tells us to not neglect meeting together. Do not neglect meeting together, it says. You can go read in, in Romans chapter 12, and, and a lot of us don't like this language, but listen, we belong to one another. That's what the Bible teaches. We belong to one another, Romans chapter 12, verse 5. And then we, we, we just went through Ephesians, and Ephesians chapter 4 tells us, remember that, talking about joints going together and, and each body part having a different role? Right? You guys remember that? You can go read Ephesians uh, chapter 4. It says, and it talks about every joint supplies. Like this isn't something that is supposed to be done on an individual level. We need to be together. God designed us to be together. Now, here's what I think the most, I, I think what I'm going to tell you, this is the most important part of togetherness. Okay? First Peter. Chapter 2, verse 9. Let me go there. It talks about all of us that are priests. I said that. You heard that right. If you are following Jesus, you are a priest. It's First Peter, chapter 2. But you are a chosen race. That's you, Christ follower. A royal priesthood. That's you, Christ follower. A holy nation. A people for his own possession. That you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into marvelous light. So here we are. We're in this gathering. That's what this is. And we all function as priests. What did priests do? They serve God. That's what we all get to do. We serve God. What do priests do? They give. That's what we all do. What did priests do? They contribute when they're together. That's what we all do. What did priests do? They, they worshiped. That's what we all do. We are priests. This is what the New Testament church should look like. When we all come and contribute, we are all active participants. We are priests. That's what makes this different than going to a bar or to a ball game. We have a role. I just went to watch uh, the Texas Rangers. I went down to Texas, watched some baseball. Not one time did I get asked. I was, I was offended, actually. Not one time did I get asked to come down and get in that bat. I'm like, what's going on here? I didn't get asked to play a position. That's not the case at this, what we do here, in this gathering. All of us 
have a function. This doesn't happen as often as you might think, okay? The, the contributing, the serving, the giving, the worshiping, this doesn't happen as often as you might think by all of God's people. And listen, I got to tell you, and I don't mean to sound harsh or mean, but listen, when you come here each Sunday, this is not a concert that's followed by a TED Talk. That's not what we do here. You are an active participant. Like Jenny and I are going to take the kids. We may be crazy. We're going to take our kids to their first concert Tuesday. We're going to go down to Arkansas to the Walmart Pavilion, and we're going to see... Oh, I don't know. It's Need to Breathe and another band. I don't even know what it is. Uh, one something. Anyway, here's the deal. It's a concert. We, we likely will not see anyone we know, and if we do, it'll be on an accident. And it's a concert, and we're just going to go together as our family to have fun. Like, that is a concert. If that is your mentality, walking in here each week, that is off. Togetherness matters. Sadly, too many churches have become a place that individuals come for their weekly individual entertainment provided to them by a clergy or by a staff. We at Hill City will be a church that comes together, that participates together as priests. Listen, why do you think we have so many different people serving community or communion each week at this church because they're priests. If you've served communion here, it's because you are a priest. You're following Jesus. It's the work of priests. Togetherness matters here. So when we put that word on the front end of our mission statement, together, it was very intentional. Okay, now listen, I'm not going to spend as much time on the loving God, love others. We are going to continue to unpack that over the next couple of weeks and really however many years around here, okay? But I am going to jump in. Let's talk about loving God. The same passage that I read, you can read uh, Jesus talking about this in Luke. But he actually says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all of your strength. So there was one in Luke where it's heart, soul, mind, and strength. So loving God. Together we love God. In other words, we are supposed to love God with everything that we are and everything that we have. We are to love God wholeheartedly. It should be life-encompassing. It should be community-impacting. And it should be exclusive commitment to God. That's what happens when you love God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, and all of your strength. So what is it that we do? What do we do when we love God? We don't just say, yeah, I love God. Love is followed by action. Love is action. Well, we serve and we minister. We, we said that already. That's part of our priestly duty. We serve and we minister to our king and to others. I'll get to the others part in a minute. But we understand this. When we love God with our heart, soul, mind, and strength, we understand that our primary job is to worship him. We are to worship our king. Now you think, oh yeah, of course, but listen. We worship him how he wants to be worshipped. Not how we think we should worship him. He's, he's told us some things. 
So one of the ways I've talked about, together. Do you know we're supposed to worship together? God wants to be worshiped together. Not just together, but that's a big part of it. God wants, he, he wants worshipers that worship him in spirit and in truth, the Bible says. Truth matters to God. He wants us to worship him humbly. And listen, when there's a proper understanding of the gospel, when we, when we really grasp the, the mercy and the grace that we have received, that will only lead to humility, and that will be our posture in worship. I would say God wants us also to worship him holistically. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, Romans chapter 12 actually tells us that our bodies are supposed to be a living sacrifice. So it isn't just this spirituality thing that we do. Our, our heart, our soul, our mind, and our strength, like, like our bodies, should be, we should use them as acts of worship to God. We should, we should worship God rationally. Like we don't have to check our brains at the door when we decide that we're going to follow Jesus. We don't have to check our brains at the door when we pass from death to life. The Romans also talks about we renew our mind. That should be something that should be constant in our lives. And we should worship God boldly. God tells us we get to approach him boldly. Now that's not an exhaustive list. That, that's just ways that God says this is how I want you to worship. Now here's the reality. You and I. I don't think anyone here wakes up in the morning and is like, you know, I just don't think I'm going to worship God the way he wants today. don't feel like it. I don't like to do that. That's not exactly what we do. But here is something that I've been guilty of, and maybe you might examine your own heart. Sometimes we limit our worship, or I would say limit our love because we're talking about loving God. Sometimes we limit our worship or we limit our love to what's convenient for us or to what we prefer. And I would say that's not loving the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind and all your strength. And here's the word. They used to use this in church a lot and it, and it seemed to have gotten away. I, I'd like to bring it back, but the word, the word that came to mind as I was writing this was surrender. So all the church kids in the room, right? You guys remember the song? They used to do these things called invitations at the end of each, each service, right? And they would play a song. They like 30 verses, like somebody's got to come down, okay? But one of the songs that they sang was this, I surrender all. All to thee, my blessed Savior, I surrender all. Do you remember that song? Just give me a hand, right? You remember that song? It's a great, great song. That's what we're talking about here. Loving the Lord, our God, with all our heart and our mind and our strength. God wants to talk to us. Because he loves us. We teach our kids this. God wants to talk to us. God wants us to talk to him. His spirit is in us. It teaches us. This means this, that when we love the Lord our God with our heart, soul, mind, and strength, we love Jesus because Jesus is God. And not just love Jesus, but we love Jesus more than anything else and more than anyone else. Mamas, I know it's hard. You're rocking those sweet little babies. They're awesome. The Lord's blessed you. You've got to love Jesus more than that baby. That's how God said he's to be worshipped. 
just one example. Let me just say this. I'll move on. Some of you are like, oh, here he goes. There he goes. I'm out of here. It's okay. Loving the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength also means you love God with your wealth. And if you're not giving to a local church, you're not worshiping God how he has asked you to worship him. Together, we love God. And we love others. You know, this is all, what I just, that's always been the heart of God from the beginning. Love him, love others. This idea of loving others, like when Jesus says this, he's going back to Leviticus chapter 19. You can, you can look it up. Also, if you know the Ten Commandments, all the Ten Commandments can be divided into two parts, loving God and loving others. This has always been the heart of God. So let's talk about the way we love others. Two ways. One, we love others on the inside, for sure, okay? And we're going to talk a lot more about this in the, in the future, but this is where we get the one another's of Scripture, the one another's. And listen, you, you can't live out the one another's if you don't have togetherness figured out. You see how these build on one another? Okay? So we're going to live out the one another's. Let me just throw you a few. There are way more than this. We bear one another's burdens. That happens here. You guys inspire me with how you bear one another's burdens. We speak truth to one another. We comfort and encourage one another. We pray for one another. And when we do all these one another's, like, it's actually for our joy. Proverbs says that when you refresh others, that, you, that, that, that we ourselves are refreshed. That's God's design. So when we participate in these one another's, that's what happens. Now listen, I'm going to speak to some people's heart here too. And I'm not, again, I'm not trying to be harsh. I want to say this in love. Some of you make it hard to love and, 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 to, and to play out the one another's with you because you won't let anyone know you. Like, I, we, we can't bear your burdens if you don't share your burdens. And listen, that's part of worship. God has said be part of one another. Part, part of worshiping God is that you share your burdens and that you're known in community. So that the one another's can be played out. You share your struggles. Allow yourself to be loved well. We're going to talk way more about this. Those one another's. We've got to do those inside. Let's talk about the outside. This is where Jesus says, hey, you've got to love your neighbor. He comes off loving your Lord God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then he says, love your neighbor as yourself. So this is where we get, listen, we are going to be a church that's going to love our neighbors. I hope individually you're loving your neighbor. But as a church, we're going to love our neighbor. This is where we get our, this is what, why we say things like we're for the city. And the thing is, guys, we're not going to like program this for you to death. We will give you some direction. I promise you that. But some of you just got to be compelled to go do this. Now, here's, here's an example, right, where we're going to help you a little bit, right? Reed Academy. We've talked about Reed Academy a lot. We do a lot for Reed Academy. We believe God's called us to do that. He's put that in our lap. So here's the deal. You know what they need? Like by August 16th, Reed Academy needs 100 backpacks, brand new, empty backpacks. Can we love our neighbor? Can we get this done? 
You just bring those. Bring those up here. We'll get them to Reed Academy. We need to make that happen because we are going to love our neighbor. The Bible says it's Christ's love that actually compels us to love. So that's why we're not going to program this. We want God's love to move you to love. I'm going to share this story, and then we're going to wrap up. Then I'm done, okay? Jenny and I just took a trip with uh, some salt pastors. We are in the salt network. If you're new, you don't know what salt network is, find me after this. I'll be super excited to tell you what this is. But we, we went to Wyoming, and there was a couple there. They're named Bob and Sue. Bob and Sue inspired the heck out of me and Jenny. They're, they're probably in their 60s. Maybe they're in the 70s. And nine months out of the year, they just live in, out in Wyoming, and their job is to serve pastors and their wives, specifically salt pastors and their wives. Whether it's food, whether it's, it's just taking care of, of where we're staying, whether it's having firewood chopped for, what we, for, for a fire, they serve like crazy. They're elderly. They give away half of their money. They just give it away back to their church. And then the other three months, they get on an airplane and they fly to China to work with missionaries. Okay, listen. I think they're supposed to be fishing or something. But God's love has compelled them to love others, to love their neighbor. Am I telling you guys you're supposed to go to China for three months? Am I telling you to give half? I'm not telling you that. How this plays out is between you and God, but I'm telling you what is not an option is that loving the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and loving others, loving your neighbor as yourself, that's not an option. And we've got to start praying about what, how, is, how is it will, that God would have this play out in my life individually? How is it that this is going to play out in the life of Hill City? But I know this, God's love will compel you. The Bible says that. And it was God's love that moved him. And this is our motivation. If you're visiting here, we just preach the gospel every week. There's not going to be a week you're going to come here and we're not going to hear this because it has the power to save. But God's love moved him. And it moved him out of heaven. Where everything was pretty cush. It was actually perfect. But it moved him out of heaven toward us. And that he sent his son here. And the Bible says that Jesus came not to be served, but to serve. Jesus showed us what loving the Lord, his God, God the Father, with all his heart, soul, mind, and strength looked like. And he showed us what it was like to love others. And he came. And he lived a perfect life. And he was our sacrifice, and he died on a cross for our sins. He bore our transgressions, and they buried him. And three days later, he rose again, and he is now seated on his throne. And it's the greatest act of love that has ever happened, ever. And then the Bible says this, because of that love, now we can go love. We can love because he first loved us. So you can't sit back and be like, I'm, not, I'm incapable. I'm incapable of doing this. No, you're not. Then you're saying the Bible's not true. 
You are capable. You are able to love because he loved you first. I want you to stand with me. If you're serving communion, I'm going to have you come forward. If you are visiting, we receive communion each week here at Hill City on purpose. Because it fixes our hearts and our minds on the greatest act of love that's ever happened. It should then compel us to leave here and go love. We'll have a station under each light right here, and then we'll have a station for the back half of the room halfway through this aisle. You will see a piece of bread that represents the body of Jesus that was torn for us, broken on our behalf because he loves us. Then there's a cup representing the blood of Jesus that was spilled upon our behalf because he moved toward us because he loves us. While we receive communion, there are going to be some people down here who just want to pray with you. Maybe there's something you're struggling with, and for you, it's like, man, for the first time, you might be like, you know what? I just need to share a struggle and allow someone to love me well and just to pray for me. Maybe there's something else, some, someone else that you just want to pray for, and you would have someone pray with you. It would be an honor to be able to do that with you. But right now, let's fix our eyes upon Jesus and our hearts, and let's come to the table.